0: listening to Eye on the Triangle
1: on WKNC 88.1. Welcome to the June 7th edition of Eye on the Triangle. I'm your host, Mark Herring, and the time is 7.03. In tonight's lineup, we have a story on a fusion Korean taco truck, a report on the new food pyramid, which actually isn't a pyramid, but it's a plate, a feature on the Wise Farms and their connection with NC State. This week is Triangle Restaurant Week and I wanted to talk to the event coordinators a new media company called Triangle Boulevard to talk to about the 81 new restaurants that are participating and we also have a pick of the week by correspondent Corby Hill reviewing, reviewing band My Morning Jackets new album called Circuital. wrapping us up we have spoken word poetry with Muhammad Musa and we also have the basics we got news weather and sports now, this show is a little heavy on the food, and I guess it's the inner foodie of me coming out in full bloom, but don't worry. All these things are pertinent to life in the triangle, and uh, first here we got the not-so-taco trip story.
2: Order for Josh? Josh? Order for Josh?
1: Amidst the roar of a gas generator and the calling of orders, a smell mingles in the air. The aroma of spicy chili, soy sauce and sesame oil impregnate their surroundings and a group of hungry people huddle around the Bulgogi Korean barbecue truck by the venture buildings on Centennial campus. Food trucks have taken the triangle by storm with increasing popularity, and Bulgogi, run by the So family, just recently won the Best Food Truck by the Independent Weekly magazine. The food carries a distinct Korean identity, but Christine, the manager, explains her family's twist on the recipes.
3: My name is Christine So, and um, I'm the daughter of the truck owners, um, Jenny and Jin So. And bulgogi basically just means Korean barbecue, and so we just thought we should take that concept and um, kind of you know message out our traditional korean food and so we have spicy pork chicken and beef and we have other fusion foods like um, korean tacos or our jumbo bulldogs and our burritos also we have like um, korean elements in it and so it tastes way different than other burritos
1: so you guys are based out of Raleigh, but where else do you come to you're here on centennial campus right now but where else can people find you
3: we're actually based out of Durham, but we live in, our houses in Raleigh, but um, we operate mostly out of Durham. And so um, Ra- like the Centennial Campus is one of our locations. We're also at um, the 9th Street in um, Durham, which is by the Duke Central Campus. And then we're also at, um, on Wednesdays, we're in Mooresville at a business park. And then and now we just started this new um, pr- private catering thing. And so um, companies will call us for dinner to cater, and they have all their employees and everything. And so we'll cater for them, too. So we're just all over in the Triangle area. So,
1: Cool. And uh, how's business in the summer?
3: Um, I think business um, is better in the summer. It's just really hot, but um, it's better in the summer than the winter, definitely, because a lot of people want to come out more, and so they want to interact more.
1: That's cool. And, uh, yeah, just tell, tell us what it's like working in the truck.
3: Um, well, me, since I'm a high school student, well, I graduated now, but um, it's interesting. It's fun, I guess, but it's kind of tiring at times. But I think it's worth it because um, I get happy when I see the customers enjoy our food and everything. And I enjoy explaining our food and, you know, messaging out what Korean food is like because a lot of people don't know what it's like. So I enjoy it. Mm-hmm.
1: Great, and uh, during the summer, you know, it's it's hot, you guys have a generator powering the truck, but uh, what's it like in there? What are the conditions like?
3: Um, Even though we have a generator, we actually don't have AC, so it's very, very hot. So when it's like 90 degrees outside, it'll be like over 100 inside. And we only have one window that's actually open, and the air doesn't really ventilate. And we have a little fan, but the outside air comes in through it, and the outside air is hot, so... Um, We don't have cool air, so sometimes we get kind of mad and we bump into each other. But yeah, it'd be a lot better if the working conditions, like if it was a lot cooler, I think it'd be a lot better. And then in the winter, it's like so cold. So,
1: so uh, you gotta bear the elements.
3: Yeah, you kind of have to just get used to and cope with it.
1: This is just a personal question. What's your favorite item on the menu?
3: My favorite item, um, it has to be the Jumbo Bulldogs, because I personally don't like hot dogs, but the Jumbo Bulldogs, which is a hot dog with some more beef barbecue on top of it, and then there's some onions and cilantro and cheese and mayo, um, it really adds to the flavor, and so you can't really taste the hot dog, which I really like, and it fills you up, so it's interesting flavor.
1: Christine emphasized that her family is trying to introduce Korean food to the American population. And besides their fusion burritos, hot dogs, Korean tacos, and kimchi quesadillas, the truck makes authentic Korean dishes like their spicy beef barbecue, Korean dumplings, and Korean curried chicken. I talked to a faithful customer to hear his reason on returning. And what's your name? Nilesh. How many times have you eaten here before?
4: Uh, twice.
1: And uh, what did you order?
4: Curry chicken with white rice both of the times. And how was that? I really liked it a lot, so I come here every week to
1: have some. Have you ever seen anything like this before, like a food truck? Uh,
4: There are a few food trucks. There's uh, an only burger truck which comes here, but nothing of this kind. What kind? Um, Korean food with white rice. I really prefer having rice with my food, so something like this.
1: You can follow Bulgogi Korean Barbecue on Facebook and Twitter to learn more about their locations and menus. However, if you're in close vicinity of the truck, you won't need any guidance. Just listen up and follow your nose. From Eye on the Triangle, I am Mark Herring. Some things that just never last, like Pluto being a planet, or the book Three Cups of Tea actually being cool and inspirational, or Comedy Central before Mad TV. Our generation has experienced some disillusioned setbacks, and the food pyramid is ultimately going to be one of them. Five years ago, the USDA upgraded the standard food pyramid to My Pyramid. But on June 2nd, the federal agency changed the pyramid to My Plate, a new icon to help conceptualize a balanced diet. I spoke with Dr. Susie Goodell, a registered dietitian and nutrition science professor at NC State, and here she comments on the new My Plate.
2: What they found was is that the pyramid all along from the very beginning has been hard for people to interpret. And there's a lot of different interpretations to it. And they wanted something simple and easily interpreted just by looking at it rather than having to have someone sit down and talk to you about it. And, of course, to get the most out of any icon, you need to sit down and talk to someone and be taught what that means. But the plate is more in line with ev- everybody knows what a plate is and can understand some of it. Of course, there's definitely some limitations involved, but it seems to be more apparent to people what it really means in the application that's necessary for it.
1: Okay, and now, are the basic food groups the same, or have they eliminated or altered a few?
2: So, the basic food groups are the same, but altered. So, that's a good question. So, the difference between the Current or the most recent pyramid and the plate is that meats and beans has been changed to protein, so that that word is changed. Um, milk group has been changed back to dairy, and the fruits. Vegetables and grain groups are still the same. They now no longer have that little sliver that wasn't technically a group of the fats and oils. And um, there's no exercise running up the pyramid.
1: Who needs fats and oils? Yeah.
2: Everybody does.
1: <laughs> I'm just joking. No, that's uh, an interesting topic. Lately, there have been a lot of uh, trends in diets where it's either low fat, you know, trying to cut out fat. Or um, at one point there was the yeah no carbs the Atkins diet, mm-hmm. but um, what's the importance of having dietary fat?
2: Oh, there's a lot of things that fat is important for. Um, if if you don't have dietary fat and you aren't able to put fat on you then you have a hard time regulating metabolism in children and in adults but particularly in children fat is extremely important for brain development and growth there's a lot of essential fats that our body needs for just general function that if we didn't have these lipids in our cells our cells wouldn't function properly so to eliminate fat from your diet means that you're going to eventually cause some major problems with your thinking and cognitive ability.
1: I, I know that a lot of uh, neurons and you know cells in the brain they're myelinated. They're covered in that sheath of uh, it's like a cell membrane that's made out of a phospholipid.
2: Right. So there's lots of different things in your body that are made out of phospholipids, and um, without them, your body wouldn't function. They, there's even, and some cells require. Or not cells, but some nutrients and and components within your body require to get in and out of cells, which cell membranes or even have fats in them. But in order to get in and out, they they need a phospholipid layer. And there's there's lots of things that without that you kind of can't function.
1: Okay. Well, uh, that was an interesting tangent we took. But um, one final thought I wanted to touch upon is um, is this my plate is is this gonna last
2: my quick and dirty answer nothing ever lasts so, no, there will either be modifications over time once we see how this is implemented and what their, the quirks are, but there, there will always be some kind of new change. But th- it's going to be there for at least five years because it's following the dietary guidelines and the recommendations that are made every five years. So I would assume that they'll do some evaluation and come up with, is there a new tweak that needs to be done? Because, like I said, it doesn't include... Um, exercise that it's missing some of the, the key components of understanding. What, you know, you can't just eat all carbs, no fat. You know, what's the balance there? Um, there's other things like water is missing. So there's definitely some limitations that I hope to see them being able to add in later.
1: Okay, great. Um, and just one last thing to wrap it up. Uh, it's summer. There's a lot of fresh stuff out there. What should be? What should people be eating?
2: Local seasonal foods. Go to your local farmer's market. windows
5: and rattle your walls For the times they are a-changing
1: Every Wednesday during the fall and spring semesters, Gary Wise and his crew from Wise Farms come to the brickyard to sell their produce from their Mont Olive farm. Now with the summer harvests coming in, Gary Wise now serves the community at his new location on Centennial Campus in the Venture Building's courtyard. I spoke with the Wolfpack alum, an experienced farmer, to hear his story on local farming.
6: Okay, I'm I'm Gary Wise. Uh, we also do go to the brickyard, which I enjoy going to the brickyard. But it's different in Centennial because over there it's mostly students. Over here it's all adults. I went to NC State. I graduated in '93, so I'm a Wolfpacker. So this is home for me. So I, I love coming out here.
1: No, do you commute to Raleigh, uh, you know, frequently besides coming to the farmers market on campus?
6: Yeah, we also go to the state farmers market, which is right down the road from uh, Centennial. Uh, we're out there year-round, six days a week. Um, we, uh, we do CSAs, uh, which is where you can order online. We have delivery locations in Raleigh. So we're in Raleigh all the time. This is our market. Yeah, we've been we've been coming to Raleigh for about 15 years, and we built up we got a pretty good trade of business. I mean, we've got a lot of people to shop with us, um, and we're thankful for all our customers.
1: Great, and um, what can we see uh, further in the summer? What kind of produce?
6: Yeah, okay, well, pretty quick, we'll have some cantaloupes, some watermelons, um, um, snap beans. Um, Butter beans and peas, I mean, you know, just an explosion of stuff.
1: Is uh, this summer the summer the busiest time of year?
6: Yeah, it's the busiest time of the year, yes sir.
1: Gary graduated from NC State in the early 90s and started working on the farm during his summers between the school year when he taught at Southern Wayne High School. Before Gary took over the reins of the farm 13 years ago, his parents controlled their operations of Wise Farms. Gary's mother, Helen, still helps her son sell produce, and she explained that the farm is a family tradition.
7: We started five weeks ago today, May 5th, and we've been coming here each Thursday from 11 to 1.30.
1: Okay, and what's in season?
7: Well, right now we have our squash, cucumbers, we got greenhouse tomatoes, we still have spinach, we got peaches, blueberries, raspberries... Blackberries. We just started having our early corn. Uh, we have new potatoes, broccoli, beets, much, much, much more.
1: I can imagine. And um, now, do you produce uh, throughout the year?
7: Yes, sir. We farm year-round, and we are also out at the farmer's market on uh, Lake Wheeler Road. But we do farm, and we have whatever's in season.
1: What's business like here on Centennial Campus?
7: it's really been good uh like i say this is our fifth day and uh it's really been good people have been really good coming out and supporting us they seem really happy that we are here and we're producing and selling good local north carolina products
1: just about the farm it's in mount olive north carolina
7: it's in wayne county which we are on the mount olive address which is probably 65 mile from here uh down southeast from here um we actually farm probably 125 acres of vegetables.
1: And how long has the family had the farm?
7: The farm has actually been in the family since the late 50s, but we've actually been farming vegetables to sell for about 15 years.
1: What's the the attitude to farmers and farmers markets here in North Carolina? Has the, the general population been supportive of uh, this, I wouldn't say a new movement, but a... Uh, sort of a renewed interest in farmers' markets?
7: I think so, because so many people now are not able to have gardens due to their age or due to the lack of space on their land. So they can come to the farmers' market and they get to meet us and they become our friends and then our customers. And we just just enjoy everyone that comes out and shops with us.
1: You can find Wise Produce, at additional locations at the NC Farmer's Market on Lake Wheeler Road and at their store at 900 Flanders Street in Garner. Their website, wise-farms.com, has an option to order online. Enjoy the fresh summer produce out there. And from Eye on the Triangle, I am Mark Herring. This is I on the Triangle. The time is 7.20, and I am your host, Mark Herring. Uh, we got a call in from someone who wanted to check out the bulgogi taco truck but i uh forgot to mention the story that it's only on centennial campus on thursdays so uh check it out between 11 and 2 o'clock um they're on centennial campus but if you're interested in following them and following them they uh update all their locations on facebook and twitter we're going to take a quick little break but we'll be back with uh news and the weather we're back with Eye on the Triangle. I'm in the studio with meteorologist and weather woman Katie Costa. And now, this isn't news. It's really hot out there, and I don't want to steal your thunder, Katie, but it seems like it's going to be pretty hot for the rest of the week. But uh, could you tell us exactly what's going on? Yes, Mark, and here
8: you go. Well, like you said, today it was another hot day across the Triangle with temperatures peaking to 93 degrees. But tonight we will see some relief with temperatures dropping down to 68 degrees and mostly clear skies. But tomorrow, be sure to dress cool since it will be even hotter out there with uh, temperatures reaching into the mid-90s. Also, a code orange air quality alert has been issued by the NC Department of Environment and Natural Resources for the Triangle tomorrow. So if you have respiratory problems or asthma be sure to limit prolonged outdoor activity tomorrow now tomorrow evening we will see partly cloudy skies and a low of 71 degrees so a nice warm evening for a nighttime stroll Thursday is definitely the day to pull out those summer shorts, tank tops, and sandals because Thursday is going to be the hottest day over the next five days and could very well be the hottest day so far this year with temperatures getting up to 97 degrees. So find ways to stay cool and try to be inside with places with air conditioning on Thursday. Thursday evening will be another warm, mild night with temperatures getting down to 72 degrees with partly cloudy skies. But Friday, yet again, another hot day with a high of around 96, and we do have a slight chance of afternoon pop-up storms, so be sure to be on the lookout for any severe thunderstorm watches or warnings that may be issued on Friday. However, if you are planning on heading out Friday evening, expect a nice, pleasant night with temperatures in the low 70s. Now, taking a quick look at your tree pollen forecast for the remainder of the work week across the triangle, medium pollen count tomorrow, but high pollen count of high pollen count for thursday and friday so if you have allergies or are sensitive to pollen limit outdoor activity on thursday and friday over the weekend we will be seeing highs in the low 90s with mostly sunny skies and lows around 70 degrees in the evenings so an overall pleasant weekend ahead but we do have another slight chance of thunderstorms this weekend so keep an eye out for any watches or warnings may be issued but overall picture mark we are going to be seeing a very hot 90s trend continue for the remainder of this week and this weekend
1: Oh wow, that does not seem very delightful, and uh, I know I'm going to be suffering because I'm moving on Friday. So oh, hopefully, no. hopefully it won't be raining too much. But uh, I don't want to worry about that right now. But hopefully, the rain will cool things down.
8: It'll just be quick pop up, up storm, so nothing to worry about.
1: Yeah, just a summer thunderstorm. Now I'm here in the studio with Chris Chaffee, my assistant public affairs director, and he is taking over the news right now. So Chris, what's going on in the world? Good evening, Mark. Good Rick- evening, Chris. The
9: Campbell Law School and NC State School of Management have created a program for students to obtain a law degree and a business degree at the same time. By enrolling in this program, both degrees can be obtained quicker. Students will be required to pay tuition at both institutions. However, according to school officials, the price will be reasonable. The support for Democratic Representative Anthony Wieners has drooped after he admitted to tweeting a lewd picture to a woman. He denied that the picture was for, uh, excuse me, he denied that the picture was his for more than a week. He attributed the release to hacking. Yesterday, he came clean and admitted the picture was his. He said he had no plans to resign. Johnson County schools have made an exception to their dress code. Ariana Lacono has been granted permission to wear a nose ring at school. Ariana Lacono was suspended four times for refusing to remove her nose stud in the last school year. Lakano belongs to the Church of Body Modification, which encourages body modification. Johnson County school officials say they dropped the suit because it was becoming too costly to pursue. Three students from Wake Wake Forest, Rollsville, were killed in a car accident on Sunday. The driver, Austin Flowers, crossed the center lane in his 2011 Dodge Charger. The car veered off the shoulder to the opposite side of the road and crashed into the woods. Passengers Lane Mile and Mike and Matt Spate were killed. Brandon Pierce was badly injured. All four were wearing seatbelts. And finally, oh, excuse me, not finally, the graduation rate in the state of North Carolina is above the national average for the first time ever. A national survey found the graduation rate for students in North Carolina is 1% higher than the 2008 national average. Democrats attribute the success to the fact that North Carolina's education system is working. Republicans disagree. Republicans disagree. NATO has slammed targets in Tripoli today in a rare daylight attack. The warplanes dropped over 50 bombs on Colonel Mobar Gaddafi's Bob Al-Azizia compound. The raids are the most intense since the 11-week campaign started. In response, Colonel Gaddafi posted an audio recording on Libyan state television vowing to never surrender or accept defeat. For I on the Triangle News, I'm Chris Chaffee.
1: Thank you very much, Chris. Now... For all you listen out there, the time is 727. And uh yeah, a lot of news out there. And also I'd like to mention one little news uh post. We had Ian I and the triangle's very own Evan Garris was involved um in a little mix up earlier last week at the state capitol. Um the former candidate for the NC Senator Senate, um Jim. Neil, I believe his name is, he was uh, arrested after going into the General Assembly and protesting um, legislation for a bill regarding marriage. And he was thrown into the prison, so um, I think he's out, and we'll have Evan commenting on that uh, in weeks to come. But a um, very interesting uh, tidbit of news and very local, and I am the Triangle's very own was – Involved in that. But now we have a few more stories left. Uh, So, Chris, take it away. I'm here in the open production studio joined by two guests from Triangle Boulevard. Now, could you guys introduce yourselves and explain what's going on with Triangle Restaurant Week?
4: Uh, Yes, my name is John Mason. I'm the uh, COO of Triangle Boulevard. And we are the, the initiators and the hosts of Triangle Restaurant Week. Triangle Restaurant Week is an event where all the participating restaurants from the, the Triangle, in which we have 81 restaurants this year, they offer a special three-course meal for a fixed price. Um, lunch um, is at $15, and then the dinner is either at 20 or 30 depending on uh, the restaurant. Triangle Restaurant Week
1: started a few years ago, and it's a biannual affair, but what was the inspiration of this? I know a lot of other cities do Restaurant Weeks, but how did you guys start it in Raleigh?
4: Restaurant Week is, it's you know, big across the country in all of the major cities. Once we formed Triangle Boulevard, we kind of took it upon ourselves to uh, initiate it for the Triangle area. Uh, reason being, uh, we have a lot of people who aren't from the raleigh durham Chapel Hill areas. And they're always looking for something to do or find a new place to explore and visit. And we figured this would be a, a tremendous opportunity uh, to start Restaurant Week within the Triangle and just... Uh, celebrate culinary culinary excellence if you will exactly so triangle restaurant week started yesterday
1: and it's going to be going on until next monday
4: the uh the event started um yesterday june 6th and it'll run through june 12th um a full monday through sunday okay and then you'll find um some restaurants will will take the opportunity to do their unofficial restaurant week extension so uh, just keep a look out for that
1: what's this week like compared to the past and uh could you explain a little bit um, how it's evolved?
0: Okay. Well, um, I'm Rahel Gabr-Mescal, program manager over at Triangle Boulevard. And um, I came on this year. I wasn't um, involved with Triangle Restaurant Week last year, but I'd heard about it um, through the company and, you know, just through the hype in January. And just kind of saw that the Raleigh-Durham-Chapel Hill area just has this great food culture Um I've been dealing a lot with the the online bloggers and the social media aspect of promoting the event. And the number of food blogs that we have in this area is kind of astounding. I mean, when you think of restaurant week, you might think of bigger cities like New York or Chicago. But Raleigh-Durham and Chapel Hill, we have these great restaurants. And what we saw in January was that people are really interested in finding cool things to do in the Triangle area and getting out there. So I guess the way that it's evolved since January is that there's more people involved in coming out to the restaurants and in turn more restaurants um, really just kind of taking it to the next level in terms of the cuisine that they're presenting and um, just their presentation and a lot of people are trying new things. So this is a great kind of venue for those restaurants to take a little creative liberty with what they're offering to um, our local foodies, which we have a lot of.
1: Yeah, there, there are quite a few out there and actually that's uh – uh funny because I got involved here uh, at the radio station as kind of like a a food nerd and I would do a little segment about cooking or a little restaurant review but as I moved up uh, can't focus on food but uh, this is always exciting to see things going on in the food realm and the triangle and what exactly is that like? The the food realm in in this part of the country. I, I think a lot of people have connotations with North Carolina as being kind of like You know, barbecue. Okay. That's North Carolina. (laughs) But uh, especially this part of the state, what kind of restaurants are involved in this Triangle Restaurant Week that would demonstrate what the food is like here in the Triangle?
0: I think I can kind of speak from that firsthand because I moved here from Toronto. So, you know, your first notion of what you're going to get in North Carolina is that good Southern home cooking, which you do get a lot of, and it's fantastic. It's the best, you know, in the South that I've found. But. I think people kind of take that for granted. We have these great um, other, like, high-class cuisine restaurants, and that is what's great about North Carolina, especially Raleigh and just the Triangle area, is that you have that mix of the Southern cuisine and that that kind of home style, that, like, soul food cooking, but then you also have, you know, a place like Coquette where they're having, you know, like, great French cuisine that's very authentic, and then um, Mason and I had lunch yesterday at Chama's, and that's really authentic, a Brazilian steakhouse. And it's, you know, everything is so fresh and everything is just like nothing I've never had How oh, do they like, you know? come with so, like
1: the big like skewer? And, yep. <laughs> okay.
0: Carving it straight off the skewer. That's, and,
1: that's a little uh, intimidating sometimes.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. It's scary when you see that guy coming at you with a, you know, a long knife. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> definitely worth it in the end. We left um, stuffed. So I think um, basically what the triangle has to offer that makes it different from any other big you know metropolitan area when it comes to cuisine is that there's a great mix um it's kind of a melting pot of all these different cuisines the population of the triangle is really mixed so you see that reflected in you know the food that's presented is all these different cultures coming together
1: yeah it's uh there are a lot of different restaurants that um kind of suit everyone's taste taste palette but uh besides triangle restaurant week um what else are you guys doing at triangle boulevard
4: at Triangle Boulevard, kind of playing off a Triangle Restaurant Week, uh, the purpose of the company is to uh, to bridge the triangle, if you will. Um, we have a, a website, which is uh, boulevard.tv, uh, where you'll find a lot of the video production that we've done for local restaurants, uh, nightclubs, um, just destination venues within the triangle that people can kind of get a, uh, you know, a, a first-hand look um, without having to go through the hassle of actually trying to find the place. So they get a good idea, a good concept. Um, I think they get just a better experience of what there is within a triangle um, as we develop into a more of a, a cosmopolitan region, if you will. Yeah, exactly. And um,
1: so we have Triangle Restaurant Week going on, but uh, what's your next project?
4: So the, um, the next biggest project coming up for the fall is we're looking to uh, initiate uh, – Pretty well-planned triangle fashion week. Um, similar to the concept of restaurant week, we want to drive some foot traffic into these local boutiques, salons, spas, um, anything fashion and, and style-oriented. It's um, just like these restaurant owners that are coming in from other cities and, and opening up shop here, um, you'll find that there's, there's we have a strong fashion-centric co- community as well um, that we're looking to, to really put in the forefront in people's eyes. Yeah, there's, even at NC State, we got the College
1: of Textiles and uh, just all around Raleigh. There are tons of little boutiques and people doing their thing. But um, for people out there who want to reach out and uh, use the services of Triangle Boulevard, how can they get in touch with you and how can they employ you as uh, new media services?
4: Simply, people just have to visit. Um, they can go to triangleboulevard.com, triangleblvd.com. Uh, triangleblvd.com. Uh, from there, you um, can kind of see our, our portfolio and how to uh, reach out and contact um, any member of the team there. And then um, ho- hopefully just leverage our services and, and take advantage of the, our capabilities, if you will, uh, to really uh, highlight and broadcast some of these local establishments.
1: Just a little final thing to finish this up. Um, you guys going to any more restaurants for the restaurant
4: week? absolutely <laughs> yeah
1: wait, wait, what what's on the the list what are you can check out Yeah.
4: You know, funny enough um uh, the melting pot joined uh for the first time this year so i think uh the, the girlfriend and i are interested in and in, in a little fondue action if you will oh that's cute okay cool how about you raha
0: I'm looking to go anywhere that um, that I've never tried before, which is kind of a lofty expectation, I guess, because the list is so big, and there's so many places I've yeah.
1: never been. There are about, like, 80 places?
0: Yeah, and of those 80 places, I've been to maybe 10 of them. Okay, so cool. <laughs> So I haven't set up my whole game plan yet, but um, I was really blown away by Chamas yesterday. So, um, And I was kind of antsy about what Brazilian Steakhouse is going to offer. Yeah. So I think going off of that for the rest of the week, I'm going to be really adventurous and pick... The scariest titles on the list, you know the cuisines that um, I've never tried before that's where I'm gonna head
1: and that's probably the the best way to to try something new it's oh, yeah. uh, it's always uh, a funny <laughs> experience or misadventure it depends but um thank you guys so much for coming over and uh good luck with the rest of things with Triangle Restaurant week thanks for having us. The time is 7.37. That was a good 10 minutes. It was 7.27 last time. Uh, you're listening to I on the Triangle 88.1. And now if you guys want to reach out, you can call us on our phone number 919-860-0881 or 919-515-2400. Uh, we answer the calls if you guys have any questions or if you want to make any comments, go for it. Up next, we have sports, and then we have a little... Album review on My Morning Jacket's new album called Circutal. And then we have some spoken word poetry by Mohamed Musa. So we're going to continue with sports, but keep on listening because these last two segments are really strong. I'm here in close production with Corey Smith, the editor of sports from The Technician. So, Corey, what's exactly going on in sports today?
10: Uh, My name is Corey Smith. As you said, I'm the sports editor over at Technician. Um, As far as sports is concerned with NC State, uh, one of the big things going on that happened last week was uh, executive senior uh, associate athletic director, um, which is a really long title, uh, David Horning, um, announced that he was going to be retiring come uh, late June, um, so obviously next month. And I kind of sat down with him a little while ago and um, did an interview with him that's going to be in the paper on Thursday when we release it. Uh, just trying to get a little plug in there for us, yeah, man, uh, <laughs> and you as well. Um, and one of the big things that I really wanted to talk with him about is he's been here for nearly thirty years. Um, That's quite the tenure, yeah. And uh, so it just kind of seemed like one of those types of people where you can really sit down and have a conversation with him and then talk about you know a lot of big things. And he really he gave us some good stuff. Um, I mean. Uh, it was amazing speaking with him and, and hearing about the players and coaches um who've been close with him while he's been here players um like you know Julius Hodge and uh guys that were there while he was playing as well like jim richer um and the coaches that you know every every state fan knows and loves like Jim Alvano and kay al um and he was part of a lot of big things as well um wow. like i mean one of the big reasons why people should know about him and really know what he's done is you know things like the murphy center that are on close to nc state campus things like the rbc center uh the dale practice field that's or the dale practice court that's here at nc state uh he pretty
1: much spearheaded all those projects and was helping do all of those things um and that's yeah that's really uh improved nc state athletics that so we're now we have all our basketball exactly. games men's basketball games at the RBC Center, which has way more capacity than Reynolds Coliseum. But yeah. uh, Murphy Center, that is quite the the spectacle. <laughs> that that thing is uh, an edifice. It's pretty cool.
10: Yeah, exactly. Um, and, I mean, you know, all those things are things that he's done while he's been here, but also one of the, it's crazy sitting down and talk with him because you would think that's what he would want to talk about because that's been his life for the last close to 30 years, like I said. But his biggest thing that he wanted to talk about the entire time was – his tenure with NC State when he was a football player. Um, he played for four years for NC State, and I mean, some of the guys that he played with were some of the best in NC State history. Um, and I mean, it led to our last ACC championship, which was in 1979. Um, and I mean, he was telling a lot of things about that rather than talking about you know his tenure that I really wanted to get to sit down and talk with him about, but. Um, he said some of his fondest memories were being a student here at NC State and being part of that um, and it 's just it 's really crazy to sit down and talk with him um about those things and uh Another one of the big things that he said was you know um, a story that he wanted to tell was about this thing called a senior hit back in his day. Um, which they don 't do it anymore, which is actually because of him, um, one of the guys at the time named Jim richer, um, who, if NC State fans want to look him up, he was pretty big in his day um, and he they got to choose as a senior who they wanted to do their senior hit to. basically, they got to line up forty yards from the player that they chose and run straight into him well, um, horning was his was his college roommate all the way through. Um, and he chose him to do it, too, because he was a junior at the time. Um, and he said when he ran into him, I mean, it knocked him 10 yards back, and both of the two guys ended up being injured um, at the time, and they were worried that they weren't going to be able to play that coming up weekend, which, like he said, just so happened to be the ACC championship. Um, so and so
1: how, how did they do during the championship?
10: Uh, well that was actually the one that they won. Oh wow. Um, yeah, so that so that actual it's kind of crazy because that hit um ended that, you know, that big thing that they did for years and years and years. Um and he was the reason for it. So wow. um and he was kind of, you know, saying, you know, it, it kind of upset me because he did it to me. I didn't get to do my senior hit the following year because they said it was stupid and took it away.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, but um, can you imagine what the uh, game would have been like if they really suffered? Yeah, uh, exactly. Oh man, that would have been bad.
10: Yeah, he was he was saying the coach was you know really upset because he chose him and it basically almost took out two of his starters. So yeah, um, in such a crucial game, um, but you know sitting down and talking with him about that was kind of
1: awesome. So yeah, okay. So did he uh, lead on to saying you know possibly? Talking about who would uh, replace him?
10: Um, yeah, actually, it's already been announced who's going to replace him. Um, Chris Kingston, who's already taken a lot of responsibilities, he, uh, he signed on. He was one of the first people that um, Debbie out took here, and he's doing a lot of things like taking care of ticketing and um, taking care of facilities and stuff like that, and he's going to end up taking over his role um, kind of more in a uh, in a kind of interim job where they're trying to look for somebody else to take over that position um, but he's going to take over that for a little while, um, and like I said, he's going to be retiring in June. Um, but one of the big reasons why he said he's going to be retiring is because um, he said he's got a nine-year-old kid. Um, he's fifty-two years old and has a nine-year-old kid that he's like, you know, my wife had to take him to uh, had to take him to Cub Scouts last year because I was so busy with NC State I wasn't able to. Yeah,
1: well, he's he's spent enough time here. Right? Yeah,
10: exactly, um, and. He's also suffered through um an illness that could end up taking his life um somewhere down the road um, but as of right now he's he's getting through it and he's kind of saying you know he wants to spend as much of his time as he can with his family so
1: well that's that's great that he's definitely uh you know taking that time with his family but um him, yeah. exactly especially considering all the things he's done at NC state it's it's about time he's done something for himself yeah <laughs> All right, well, thanks for the sports, Corey. Uh, appreciate it, and um, hopefully Wolfpack will you know, get some good representation out there.
10: Yeah. All
1: right, man, I appreciate it. You're listening to Ion in the Triangle, WKNT 88.1. The time is 7.45. We're going to take a quick break, but after that we'll have two remaining segments on poetry and a pick of the week. So listen up. Did you know that the home invaders most likely to threaten your family
9: are not human? Cockroaches can spread salmonella and trigger asthma attacks. Mice contaminate food and spread disease. Termites cause billions of dollars in property damage each year. And stinging insects send more than half a million people to emergency rooms. Learn how to protect yourself and your family by visiting pestworld.org. That's p-e-s-t world.org. This message has been a public service of WKNC eighty-eight point one.
11: to see my morning jacket in the Raleigh area anytime soon. Last time through, restrictive noise ordinances at Carrie's Coca Booth Amphitheater prevented the Kentucky band from going full volume, and the show experience suffered. So it's no surprise this current tour only sees one North Carolina stop, Charlotte. Shame we don't get a local date because the new record, Circadal, is the strongest My Morning Jacket release since 2005's Z. The songs are arena huge, both topically and sonically, and the songwriting's on point. Circadal, which was mostly recorded live in a church gymnasium, is soaked in natural reverb. So many things about the record sound organic or intuitive. Much like the hybrid southern rock this band has been playing since the late 1990s. It's a return to form for a band whose last out in 2008's Evil Urges*, disappointed on many counts. In a way, Circuital is an extension of the things that work so well on Z. There's strong musicianship and a healthy balance between the serious and the absurd. But it's also a new creature. Though the roots of My Morning Jacket's earlier catalog are obviously present, this is a record by a band that does not stand still. There are few retreads on Circuital. Opening track, Victory Dance, the psychedelic slow burner calling to mind the Flaming Lips embryonic, an equally enormous record. On The Day Is Coming, vocalist Jim James, who goes solo as Yemmy Ames, employs R&B phrasing over delicious stutter-step percussion. Overall, it's reminiscent of Seal's Kiss from the Rose*. And on gentle songs like Movin' Away and Wonderful, The Way I Feel... James' folk-rock-born lyrics express common sentiment without undue embellishment. From going where the living is easy and people are kind, he sings on the ladder. The
9: The
11: most surprising and most addicting is holding on to black metal. Not only is the track funny and insightful, but it also reveals a band that's aware of what's trending in the music world as a whole. Black metal started in Norway, and the genre's early history is lousy with murder, suicide, and church torchings. The style has resurged, without violence, in American independent music. Oh, black metal's so misunderstood, James sings with a wink in this impressive piece of pop culture criticism. He's making fun of the absurd trappings of the genre, sure, But without being mocking or mean-spirited, with vocal backing from the nine black metal girls credited, incisive lyrics, and a rollicking country rock feel, it's a phenomenally catchy track. And it's a fairly representative cut from Circital, the best reason in six years to be excited about My Morning Jacket.
1: And that was Corby Hill reviewing My Morning Jacket's new album. And thank you, Corby, for doing that. Now we have our last segment coming up, uh, some spoken word poetry by NC State's own poet, Mohamed Musa. He's a senior here at NC State, and he's actually going on a pretty cool adventure this summer. He and two other poets and a photographer are starting a project called Poetic Portraits of a Revolution. And Mohamed Musa is Lebanese, Uh, And he will be going to Egypt and Tunisia this summer to document all the different things that have been going on with uh, the Arab Spring and the different revolutions and uprisings and uh, all the civil unrest that's been going on. And they're trying to get the people's stories that haven't been told. And so after you listen to Muhammad's poetry, if you're inspired, you can check out his project at ppr2011.org t- that's ppr2011.org to find out more about his travels in Tunisia and Libya but mohammed take it away
5: what's good my name is mohammed musa i uh, just uh, started in the poetry scene recently in uh, raleigh chapel hill durham area so i just wanted to share a couple pieces this first one's called we interrupt this broadcast We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a revolution. It was found in a tin time capsule tucked away under the bed, right next to nostalgia, old photographs, and what ancestors said. Have you ever inhaled the words of a grandmother as she watches all the pain unfold on TV screens where every broadcast is the same? Politicians spewing nonsense, riot police taking aim. She curses oppression as her memories come out to play their games. Flashback. Flashback to her only son and how they took him away. No money to buy bread and no receipts to return the shame of not having a country that would listen to what the people say. Have you ever inhaled the calamities in her hands? It chokes like tear gas and stings like police brutality in a hollow shell of your own land. So the people take to the streets, gripping their flags and their discontent. Today there is no need to ask where the freedom fighters went. And they're fine with your water cannons because they asked for a clean slate, they tell tyrants. To get in their cars and have the wheels rotate because this is a revolution. A turn in the book of history, ready to write new stages. I just wish there wasn't so much blood on these pages. And I think of how it's easy to empower millions if you give them purpose because you get tired when they convince you that your existence is worthless. And I apologize for interrupting this broadcast. But the viewers are asleep. They're told they have no purpose and their opinions are theirs to keep. Ideas are called their two cents. So they think that thoughts are cheap. An oppressor doesn't have to be a dictator sitting in a throne. It can be a mindset that's been planted to alter your comfort zone. So it becomes okay for one human to treat 80 million as his own. Okay for citizens to only see what the government has shown. But some have begun to fight back. With spirits that refuse to break, there are screams asking for a better life. And these screams can make a palace shake. Some have begun to wake up. So when the ground underneath your feet starts to change, and barbed wire comes undone, understand where that's coming from. But till then, I'll return you to your normal programming. The second one is called uh, Jidi Abu Ali. I want my grave to be just like my grandfather's, simple. Surrounded with goodbyes that hold memories of laughs and cries along with prayers from faded eyes and drenched with the satisfaction that he made something of his time, my grandfather was a different person. You could see history in the smile he had and the dents of his life got him pretty bad, you'd call them wrinkles. I guess he used to collect them, one for every struggle he survived, inspect them, take the lessons they scream, and inject them, one for every friend that died and left him, and some for the wars. Where people were forced to line up against walls where they learned silence had a heartbeat. Asked to have a staring contest with concrete feet shuffle, bullet points, bullet points, bullet point. I try to list everything he went through, but it's tough. And so now I reminisce, but not nearly enough about the taxi cab driver who taught me lessons I didn't mean to forget. Locked up in the back of my mind in a place I can't detect, I reflect. On memories he gave me that I sprinkled on his grave, tears aren't meant to be that heavy. Doctors said he should have died years back. But grandpa had his tricks, so he lived his life pretending that he was never sick but death lingered in his calendar waiting to choose its pick until finally, he was in the back seat of a car, his soul seeping through the cracks, the hospital too far, fear, sweat and steering wheel intertwined under my uncle's hands, I don't understand where he got the strength to drive as best he can while that man, his dad reached the end of his lifespan. I bet that memory is in my uncle's pocket deep enough for others not to see, but close enough for him to peek at when he needs a dose of reality. I wonder what types of nightmares he must have. You see, I've been to the graveyard, and I've seen the stories etched in the eyes of people that he knew, who would gracefully sketch images of my grandpa helping them in one way or another. His book was written in ink of gold, so it's tough for me to close the cover. And as my own pages start to flip too quick, till there are no more words to show, and when death taps at my shoulder telling me I have to go, let them know. That I want my grave to be just like my grandfathers So they look bothered And offer a few words of advice When you're dead, you can't be a shopper Looking around the market for a grave of your choice So while you've still got breath Wire voltage in your voice Make every step meaningful Cause you won't get a second chance And glance back at times lost Then grab your future with your hands And mold it into something you want When it's all said and done You see, when I'm mixed with dirt Like grandfather, like grandson It'll be too late to ask for a burial the way I think is right So a question is stapled in my mind And tombstones make it a bit too tight It whispers and yells at the same time What do you want your grave to look like? This next one is called Villain He was raised by Saturday morning cartoons Posters from TV shows enveloped his room Because he wanted to be the Villain The TV said, If you didn't think like the heroes do, you were different. Change your mind, cause they'll be coming after you. Your free thinking has expired, and there's no way to click renew. They'll call you evil and enemies. dark side and Doomsday too. And he loved it. So he was the loner. Picked on at school where he had no headquarters. Not welcome in any group. There were lines and clear borders. The kids treated him like he had every type of disorder. He was like a mutant. So he wanted to rule his own island like Magneto did, where he could run away from all those mean school kids, but even he could tell that somehow he deserved better than this. But at home his dad reminded him that heroes don't exist. So the only option was to be heartless to survive, cause his dad would beat him like a drum every single time, over and over and over again, never seeing the repercussions. Back then his son was just a Dr. Jekyll who knew he had to hide till he could become a a villain strong enough to deprive happiness from those who never helped him out or even tried. But till that time came, he had to deal with what he got. He contemplated daddy's hatred, stayed up at night and thought, why was Batman so ungrateful that his parents were shot? Suck it up Bruce Wayne, you're better off this way. And for some reason he could never connect with Superman. Though he too felt the S carved in his chest, it stood for suffering a scar that he did his best to hide behind his emotion-proof vest so he buried concepts of love that his dad put to rest. And ideas of friendship his school didn't express and found wisdom. He found wisdom in a ballpoint pressed to the suicide note on his desk, he signed it. Let the teardrops dry and define it, gave up on happiness, he knew he'd never find it. And so he walked away from a home he couldn't bear and past the school that let him taste the meaning of despair, he jumped off the bridge. He wasn't even scared, cause he was a villain now. He was a villain now. He killed every chance for his life to be repaired, and you had all those kids who made fun of him everywhere and his father sitting at home in his chair without a care, the cigarette smoke filling the air. So who do you think is the real villain?
1: Thank you very much, Mohammed. Thank you very much, Mohammed. Very moving poetry. He spends a lot of time on it, and he will be instructing people in North Africa this summer on how to use poetry as a tool for uh, democracy. Now, the time is 7.59. We're wrapping up the show right now. And this was Eye on the Triangle on WKNC 88.1. This program was produced with the help of Chris Chaffee, Nick Savage, Jacob Downey, Katie Cossack, Corey Smith, and Corby Hill. If you have a compelling narrative or a really cool story, the crew here at Eye on the Triangle would love to hear it. So you can shoot me an email, Mark Herring, Pu- Public Affairs Director, at publicaffairs at wknc.org, or you can contact Chris, Assistant Director, at psa at wknc.org. Thank you for joining us this evening. We're doing shows every other week, so join us in two weeks on June 21st for our, our next show. Correspondent Nick Savage will have a report on energy resource conservation tips this summer. And First Lieutenant Andrew Herring, my big brother, will be on mid-deployment leave, and he will have a feature on Afghan cuisine and culture. So tune in for that. I guess the food thing just runs in the family. If you missed out on the former part of the show, you can check out our blog at wknt.org slash blog and click on news or public affairs. Follow us on Facebook. Just look for Eye on the Triangle. I'm your host, Mark Herring, and have a nice evening.